on this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show. We'll find out if Mantis and Drax can bring home the bacon on the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Where we think some of the stars of The Walking Dead should move to. And who is the winner of the Shushy for Best Actress of the Year. All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. Nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast that covers every live-action TV show based on a comic book. I am your host for the evening, Mike Gravano, and with me is Caitlin. Yes, it is me. I have joined, and I am here, and yes, Christmas. And with me and the villainous Caitlin who's saying Christmas for no reason is Ryan. Don't you hate when you're doing a list and you say and one too many times, but there's nothing else for that list? So you just have and... To be like, and eh. Christmas. Christmas. That's how you end every list. <laughs> Groceries, what else do we need? Christmas. Christmas. It is our first December show, which is, I guess, why Caitlin is saying Christmas. Yeah, I looked down at the date. I was like, oh, damn, we're here. What is a Christmas tradition you grew up with that other people would find weird? Ryan? That other people would find weird? Um, well, sometimes, Mike, I... We would get coal in our stockings, but my fucking mom's so stressed out and fucking high tension, we'd shove that coal up her ass and a diamond would come out. That, wow. that was a tradition? Yeah. That's a great that tradition. Is, honestly, it's no. It's lucrative. We watch Ferris Bueller every year and then would steal dialogue from it like I just did. That's adorable. Yeah. Well, life Caitlin? comes pretty fast. <laughs> um, what, what do you do? What do you do if life comes pretty fast, Ryan? I grab a coal and make a diamond. <laughs> shove it up your butt <laughs> call that an engagement ring <laughs> i would fight my brothers every year uh and pull down the stockings and beat them with them that's pretty normal though right and the family would cheer yes of course <laughs> it was great that's fun how about you mike uh every year me and my older sister would try to guess what was in the presents as you do pretty normal mm-hmm. but almost every year i would somehow uh, slip because I had little noodly arms and I couldn't hold my body weight up and I would fall and crush one of the presents. Oh, devastating. My brother became a professional present surgeon. Uh, yes. He would get exacto knives and cut where the ribbon was, uh, nice. open up just enough to see what it was, and then seal the wrapping paper back up and put the ribbon over it. Wow. Was he ever like bummed? Like, because, like, was he a good actor? On I, Christmas morning? Not really. Like, it totally ruins Christmas morning. I don't know why we did <laughs> it. It's fun to wonder, yeah. to shake it and feel the weight of it, uh, and fall on it and have that glove go, 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 Power Rangers, <laughs> and then you figure out you're getting the Black Rangers gloves Christmas morning. And this was two years ago? This was two years ago. My wife was devastated that I ruined the surprise. <laughs> well, we are not talking about Christmas, except we are. I did remember we are talking about Christmas for the main segment. That's right, we are. That's why I said totally it. For, that's why you just. That's exactly why Christmas. I said it. This whole time I was like trying in the back of my head, be like, well, I got to keep a conversation going. <laughs> Wonder why Caitlin's having a stroke on air right now. We will also be talking about who will win the best shishy actress. Who of the Walking Dead actors should go to our other shows? There's also Titans. There's also the penultimate episode of Stargirl. But before all of that, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. This past week, Marvel released their second special presentation, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, where we learn that Yondu ruined Christmas for Peter. So Mantis and Drax team up to give him the best Christmas, and what better way than gifting him his hero, Kevin Bacon. The pair hustle and bustle through the Hollywood streets to find and brainwash Bacon into wanting to be the best gift he can be. After Mantis releases Kevin from his trance, he realizes he could be a little late to dinner to give Peter and the Planet of Nowhere a classic Kevin Bacon Christmas concert. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Where does the Gardens of the Galaxy holiday special rank for you now in the pantheon of Christmas specials? Of Christmas specials? 
I don't know. It's it was I was very surprised. I was happy with this one. Yeah, I would say that too. Uh, uh, Christmas specials are never as good as you think they're supposed to be. Um, people who say that they love them are morons. But as far as, so it fits in right there. Um, I think that it felt slapped together. It felt a little, you know, like rushed and taped up. But there was enough comedy and joy and delight and lights that uh-huh. uh, it was all worth it. I thought it was a pretty good hour of TV. I this it's it's nowhere near as good as uh, Werewolf by Night, but it is now my favorite things by them in this phase. I think are their specials. Yes, I would say they're top two things. Allowed to feel different and weird and wonky, and even the taped togetherness feels very. What if the Guardians of the Galaxy made a movie? Mm -hmm. It would be a little ramshackly. The thing is too with these two specials that I don't know who had the idea of like we have an hour. Let's tell an hour story. Is the stakes. Like, they're setting yes. appropriate stakes for this one-hour story. The movies grow and grow and grow as far as the stakes go and how many characters are involved. The TV shows have to compete with the movies, the series where there's multiple episodes. Right. And these two are just like, I'm in and out in an hour with a story that felt appropriate for an hour. And Mantis and Drax have been side characters for a few movies, mm-hmm. but it was really fun to let them... Like, if you're a fan of comics, you're like, oh, I get this one shot about Mantis. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, it felt awesome to learn about that. And it was goofy. And they had the heart of her being Peter's secret sister. And that's why she wanted to do something for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're supposed to have secret Santas on Christmas. Not a Not secret, secret sister. <laughs> the websites I've been going to have been talking more and more about secret sisters. Go, Rose. <laughs> I thought this was super fun, though. I wasn't, I had really low expectations, especially, I mean, Chris Pratt has always already let us down with Mario. So, like, I was like, you're at the bottom of my barrel right now. I'm not expecting anything from you. But I think having a Mantis and Drax led, like, special was so fun. Mantis, we barely get to see enough of her. So, mm-hmm. I think this is the most screen time she's ever gotten. And Screen I'm, time and scream time. Scream, yeah. <laughs> she gets upset multiple times and she lets it out. Upset and excited. Yeah, she definitely is yes. very emotive. It's if Caitlin was a superhero. Yes. That's what it felt. Like, it was just I, like big and loud and chaos. <laughs> and her big bug eyes. I love it. I feel I feel for her and I'm so glad we got more. Because you got time big with her. bug eyes? Exactly. They're so big. I think it's another incredible example of how James Gunn is the fucking weirdo of the Marvel group and also the only one that can pull off this heartfelt, schmaltzy, waltzy bullshit. Uh, right. and we get both of those in an hour. Um, all of the Christmas cheese is here that you would want, like, mm-hmm. and it's it's earnest, like it's not joking around, like it's really they really decorate the ship or whatever, and Chris Pratt mm-hmm. is really oh my god, look at all the lights. But in the meantime, Mantis and Drax are kidnapping like psychopaths, like they are <laughs> yes. criminals. They are they kill breaking, cops, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they're breaking and entering, and they're not acting cool about it. Like they are insane. They put it, cops it to was, sleep. <laughs> It was like watching uh, a D&D group, like how a D&D group imagines their characters are, this is what it's like watching it in live action. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking their way up from one scene to another. When they break into Kevin Bacon's house, uh, he starts running and he goes upstairs and Drax starts charging him and screaming while Mantis crawls on the walls and goes after him. <laughs> yeah. Like It's terrifying. Also, they have already stole all of the things off of his lawn and claimed them as their own. So they're holding a candy cane and an elf. A funny little guy. (laughs) (laughs) Funny little guy and the the red hook. I love that we we get like, what, 57 minutes and they take three of those minutes and there's numerous callbacks for them to argue whether Drax should run back and get his funny little guy because he dropped him. And it's not fair that Mantis still has her toy. (laughs) Do you know when you can do that? When you know that you're chasing a stupid human? And so you can stop, have a Uh 10-minute conversation, and you'll still catch up. It's just Kevin Bacon. I... Never got sick of David Bautista laughing at humans trying to hurt him or run from him. He did that like the cops just shooting at him and him laughing over and over again. <laughs> it was great. Were you guys expecting Kevin Bacon to show up in this? Did you like know? Yeah, I already had saw the trailer. Yeah, it was spoiled. Oh, I did not know. So it was a huge surprise. I was not expecting that. And then when he came up, I was like, they're going to do it. But I, I got to say, he was... A lot more game than I thought he would be. Yeah. Because uh, he's a serious actor, and serious actors have to, like, you know, like when you put Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hunt, uh, Ethan Hawk into Moon Knight, they're like, what are, what's really behind these characters? And he is just right. goofing around. 
he gets into a, a mantis trance and is just a big goofy idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a great gimmick. He's like he's covered all the bases of like broad comedy, even when nobody around him is also doing it. Yeah. I think the the mantis hit, hit different. I think it's hard to play a version of yourself, and he was game then. And then in the ship, they are trying to tweak. And what's the best version of Kevin Bacon? And so he has to channel her saying, "Be like Kevin Bacon, but if he didn't suck." And it's like, <laughs> what does that mean? A stupid actor, I think. Is I mean, <laughs> if you were a screenwriter or a director, wouldn't it be your dream to just make actors say how much how disgusting actors are for an hour straight? <laughs> you <Yeah>. actors. <laughs> Nothing's more disgusting than an actor. <laughs> I was, I was surprised by the casting though, because maybe they went to get like a different actor that it makes more sense that Peter Quill would be a fan of. Um, but if you're gonna get Kevin Bacon, don't only mention Footloose. Like, where's the Tremors talk? They did mention Tremors. Oh, I retract that statement then. <laughs> yeah, they mentioned a few of his movies, but it also yeah, Peter Quill has talked about Kevin Bacon in every Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Well, I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> you should. I don't know. Maybe Ryan. Go fuck yourself. Uh, how did you guys like the inclusion of Cosmo, the telekinetic dog? Yeah, uh, I thought I thought the dog was funny. I enjoyed the dog. Yeah, I, hope I feel like he, they could have done more with the dog. Mike, did you have an issue watching this? Like, uh, do you see Cosmo and you're like, oh, don't play in his lane because he's going to take away all on reveals of any card that you play in his snap lane. Yes, and it sucks when somebody does that because those on reveals are very important. I know. Uh, also, Ryan, did it bug you that Cosmo's a girl in this and not a boy? Of like course it did. It ruined my comics. childhood. <laughs> childhood ruining. Uh, what I like is that you don't have to watch this if you're a fan of Gardens of the Galaxy and you're going to go see Volume 3, but I bet you are going to be like, why is this fucking dog talking and part of the team now? Because this dog is going to fully be part of the team. Yes. If, you, if, that's your, if you're 35 movies into the MCU and you're like, what the fuck is this talking dog? I'm out of here. Then, I don't know. You have other issues. Did you guys see the trailer for Guardians 3? No. no. Uh, it looks pretty sweet, but oh. it u- heavy, heavily utilizes the song uh, In the Meantime by Space Hog, which is a song you may not know that you've heard, but you definitely have heard. Uh, great song. I'm unfamiliar. I'll look it up. Perfect segue. Speaking of music, how did you guys like all the alternative Christmas songs, including... An original. <laughs> the, is the original the Bacon Brothers one or the opening band? The opening band, the aliens who picked up these human instruments and wrote a Christmas song based on their lackadaisical understanding of Santa Claus. Uh, that was just like pop punk 90s all fun. Mm-hmm. Loved that. But we got some uh, Smashing Pumpkins Christmas music, a uh, band that sounded a lot like, who did Stacy's mom? Fountains of Wayne. Fountains of Wayne. Uh this is the shit I went out of my way every year as a kid and got the like K Rock Christmas album and it felt like that and I loved it. Yeah, I did realize I think that Smashing Pumpkins plays when the big reveal for Peter. Uh-huh. They tur- they turn on all the lights and something had changed in the last 20 years for me where I hear his voice and I start laughing like guys a joke person that sucks. Yeah. Uh but that band in the beginning is the old 97s. The Alien Band? Mhm. Okay, I need it. That that's a band that every time I hear them or hear of them, I'm like, that's super up my alley. And then I forget until the next time they pop up. Oh no, they! I do have to tell you, they are humans. That was all makeup. What? By the way, Mike, <laughs> no. When the old ninety sevens were playing, did you get uh, true? What's his name? Uh, from the OC vibes, the Rooney vibes. Oh, yes. Yeah, Rooney. Uh, just Groot in the background, just going, "I love oh, you." Yeah. In the same Groot. way. Oh my god! Goofy, gosh. awkward teenage Groot. I he's now bulky, but he's got a baby face. I love this Groot. He looks the most like Vin Diesel of all Groots we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> he's like just, a toe. <laughs> yeah. he's just like stocky, but very beefy and awkward. I love him. This is my yep. favorite Groot so far. Every Groot is my favorite Groot so far. He also uh, looked practical, which I'm sure is not yeah. the case, but it looked like you could knock on him. Yes. Yeah. Th- there was weight and texture there. And he didn't look noodly at all. Mm-hmm. Is he so before he was like gawky early teen Groot and now yeah, he's like he, on roids on the alien football <laughs> team Groot? Yeah, he was like twelve, thirteen year old Groot. This is like seventeen year old Groot. Free post pubescent Groot. Post pubescent. He hasn't fingered an alien yet, but he's thought about it. <laughs> I love how much we learn about you, Mike, on these shows. <laughs> and all right, the f- I'm, what I'm saying is that when you were 
that age, you were thinking about figuring <laughs> aliens. That's clear, right? Yes. You should see some of the books I had. Well, the final question before we get to the moment of the week is, uh, out of all the Christmas gifts at the end, what was your favorite? Oh, it Caitlin. has to be when... What's the new Yondo? Craglin. Craglin. They go through all the moments of the special, and Craglin is holding the current moment that we're <laughs> yes, watching. That is the clear answer. It's Craglin's all the way down. <laughs> Caitlin, what was yours? Wow, I don't even remember that part. <laughs> I need to rewatch the ending. Um, I mean, the Kevin Bacon gift was very good. Um, oh, my God. Oh, no, I know what you're talking about. All the, all the dioramas that group yeah. was Yeah, making. the dioramas. Oh, yeah. God, those were so good. Um, we, it's just those. We got to talk about uh, Nebula. Fucking eight lines in this whole thing killed them all. Uh, yes, because that character personality is gets old of just you're right. over it. But her throwing down Bucky's arm to Rocket, yeah. which <laughs> yeah. I didn't know she had, and she like looks at him and she's like, oh, "Merry fucking Christmas," and then walks away. <laughs> also, I her attempting screamed. to dance during the Bacon Brothers. That. Her weird, jerky, robot bad dance makes me feel seen. <laughs> All right. Finally, moment of the week. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, this is the very beginning, and Drax kind of ruined this by laughing very hard directly after it. Because mm-hmm. I was laughing hard, and I felt <laughs> too seen. But uh, Yondu's like, slight dismissal and then anger at Christmas in the animated part where he's gently kicking the tree just because he hates it. Then he picks it up and <laughs> trashes it. Caitlin, uh, mine is when the the mantis is in the the police cruiser and she has to go in there and ask them if the candy cane is a man. Um, does it look like a man? Because <laughs> her and Drax are having a, an argument and they need like a third opinion, obviously. So the super scared police officers have to answer no. And he's like, "I told you." It was very good. Mine is also a mantis moment. Is uh, they are on Man's Chinese Theater. And with all the superheroes and suddenly making a lot of money because uh-huh. people are getting pictures of them. But then he sees a GoBot and tackles him and her, I'm sorry, GoBots. GoBots killed his cousin. <laughs> are we ready for all the think pieces that talk about how now GoBots are part of the MCU? Yes. <coughs> I'm already half written a dozen of them, Ryan. What? It was like some cheap Transformers knockoff from when we were kids? Yeah, I believe so. That's so half-assed. Like, we need a Transformers. Uh, go, bots. You did it. You did it. We're done. Million dollars. Well, we have eight more hours to this. Nope, nope, we're done. Well, that has been Gardens of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and we're all warm on it. Bring us more specials, please. But before we jump to the shushies, it is, uh, Ryan, you've been telling us about a website? Yes, Mike, I have. And what was that? Uh, well, I have crates and crates in my garage of a discontinued product that I need to get off my hands. Uh, it's called GoBot Gogurt, and just stored warmly, kept in good condition, mint condition, um, in my garage, and I need to sell them on Go-Bert, Go, GoBotGogurt.com. Each uh, flavor is based off of a, people's favorite GoBots. Like, Mike, mm-hmm. your favorite GoBot is? DriveMo. DriveMo Strawberry. And Caitlin, your favorite GoBot? A berry burst. Berry burst no, chocolate. Just <laughs> <laughs> a, a weird combo. No, that's very like adult. Like when there's raspberries and a ganache. Yeah, I love a good ganache. That's a real complicated uh, template well, on the mouthfeel. GoBots were, I would say, the more complicated uh, sort of existential crisis version of the stupid idiot Transformers. <laughs> I mean, were Transformers out there killing Drax's father? Doubtful. I don't think so. They're just like Omni Planet, Ultra Cube. Um, so yeah, I need to sell these. It's uh, we're gonna go ten bucks for one tube. Because uh, and do they come in singles or do you have to buy a pack of twenty? No, well they. I'll rip them apart for you, and okay, I will taste that's... each one before I send it out. Okay, so it's mint condition currently. Uh-huh. It will not be mint condition by the time it hits people. It'll be quality tested. Yeah, it's. I'm doing everybody okay. a service. And that's an extra $10. Mother disapproved. Oh, my mom hates this new gig of mine. (laughs) Well, you are running it out of her garage. Yeah, that's true. And I've heard uh, Gogurt from the era when GoBots were a thing does not smell the best. Yeah, except for the mint ones. They still smell great? Those are, yeah, they smell like, they smell minty. And what 
Gogobot goes with them, Ryan? Uh, that's Tonard. Tonard, mint chip. Mint chip, yep. <laughs> well, uh, I want this to succeed because I'm not your mother. And I need to hook you up with my friends, cybersprout.net. Uh, they are design experts, so you can focus on the the business acumen that you have cultivated for this business. Uh, they're going to bring you digital strategy. They're going to work hand-in-hand with you uh, to make sure your website reaches those right customers, those other nostalgic freaks that you're going to rake over the coals. They have easy-to-edit fields, custom templates, drag-and-drop tools uh, to keep your site current. They're going to handle all the security and maintenance because you know people are going to try to hack in to your website, GoBot Gogurt, to steal all your money, Ryan. Yeah, like... I don't know why they're hacking into my website to steal all my the money in my bank account, which is going to be flush after I start moving some of these GoBot Gogurts. Flush with juicy cash. Cybersprout, your partner for Digital World. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's the Shushies. It's that time of the show where we give awards to some of our favorite people. Up this week is Best Actress. Ryan, take her away. Well, Mike... I'd love to tell you who's nominated. But before that, I have to tell you who isn't. Do you guys think that um, being on a CW show makes it hard? Either because of the quality of the show or our biases to win acting <laughs> awards? Yeah, even though we are some of the biggest CW fans alive, that when it comes to for serious things like awards, there's some little voice in the back of your head. Yeah, and yes. it's the writing, probably. It's, I'm not saying that CW was shut out of this, but not nominated was Elizabeth Tulloch and uh, Javika Leslie, and those both surprised me. Dude, Elizabeth Tulloch is Lois. She crushes. She's she, some of the best on-screen Lois we've ever had. That's super surprising to me. I can't believe Lois isn't there. Wait, who else isn't? So Elizabeth? Uh, Javika or- Leslie, who is uh, Bat- Batwoman. Woman. Okay. Ryan Wilder. That, that's true, and that's, I think, she is great. The show was saggy sometimes, so maybe people didn't vote. I thought she would get nominated just for not being Ruby Rose. That's true. (laughs) Just boost her up. But we get to see her again. I'm actually pumped. This is so, burn me once, shame on you. Burn me a thousand times, shame on me. Uh, We're going to see her on The Flash, and I'm pumped, which because I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. Let me know how that is Uh, in the poll list on that week's Superhero Show show. Good commercial. Caitlin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hope people hear that and start listening. Uh, Caitlin, the first nominee is Caitlin Cuoco from Harley Quinn. Oh, Harley Quinn. Um, I, I love this version of Harley Quinn. Uh, she's so fun and she's so evil. And, um, this, this season two of her just figuring out who she is and how to be in a relationship with Poison Ivy. Love her so much. And it's so funny. So yes, I think she definitely deserves to be here. You know what this show does that some other iterations have a problem with? is they're like, what Harley Quinn are we going to put into our story instead of making her a three-dimensional character? You know, Mm -hmm. is this going to be the sweet, trying to be a hero? I'm mostly talking about comic books. Sweet hero Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn, or is this going to be the the off-the-wall, basically a Joker Harley Quinn? And this show does a lot. They said, all, and it Mm -hmm. works. And I think it works because of Quoco. Mm -hmm. Mike, the next nominee is from the CW. It's Katie Lotz from Legends of Tomorrow. Look, she's great. The show is great. It was her favorite, and it's not here anymore. Of course she's going to be nominated. Is that enough to win? Just, we miss you so much, and you're gone. No, but she got nominated, and now we get to talk about Katie Lotz and just how she was the heart and soul, not just of Legends of Tomorrow, but of the Arrowverse for seven years. Caitlin, your next nominee is Amon Vellani from Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel herself. Uh, we get to see her... This actress, I have not seen her in anything else. I think this was like her big breakout role, and she crushed it. She did so good at, at at bringing to life this character and making us all feel for her, and just being a teen. Loved loved how she did it. Is this show a comedy, as opposed to a lot of other shows? And if so, is it only because of her? Is it like she's sort of in a straight world with just superhero action, but it's her line delivery and her dialogue? That mm-hmm. sort of yes. brought the comedy. And her mom. Yeah, Yes. Her family dynamic. Yeah, they were super sitcom and coming of age. And that's what like made it stand apart. Didn't her mom win Best Supporting Actress? I, I think so. She did. Oh, okay. Uh, Mike, the next nominee is Sarah Tomko from Resident Alien. 
That is, uh, it's been so long since it's been on. I'm forgetting her name. The main actress. The main actress. Yes. Uh, she, to handle Alan Tudyk's shit, uh, to like, it'd be so easy to be just the straight person to his goofiness. And she is, but then she's a goof on her own. And then she has different individual responses to everybody who she's in this town with, which I, I coming back to, uh, she's a three dimensional character, Ryan. And she handles that very well. Asta. Asta, thank you. You wanted to know who the character was? Asta yes. answered. Yes, she is great at handling two dicks. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin, the next nominee is Tatiana Maslany, the Shulky herself. The Shulky herself. Uh, whether she is animated or if she is actual person, she does a great job at, at you know, being lawyer. Lawyer Hulk <laughs> or just regular She-Hulk. Why did um, Caitlin start talking like a Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I am a Hulk. Now I just became a witch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Your voices are all over the place right now. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, but no, I, I love Tatiana Vislani. It's I feel like she, she brought to life She-Hulk when it could easily have been something that was, you know, just bad. I love this show, and I think it's because of her. Yeah, I mean, both Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk had their sloppy moments. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, could have fallen apart if it wasn't for these two central performances, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you agree, Mike? I agree. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about Tatiana Maslany? She's great. <laughs> I'm trying to be respect. I'm trying to think of ways to describe this girl without being disrespectful. Yeah, Other than being so like, she's hot. <laughs> oh, that would be so tame compared to what I have to say. Okay, let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Uh, she's also small, but not as small, I believe, <laughs> as our final nominee tonight, Mike. It's Breck Basinger from Stargirl. Uh, to put an entire show's weight on a new young actor is a hard ask. And she not only rises this challenge, she fucking elevates this shit. She is so good. And I hope people see beyond that. She was a CW actress and let her star in so many things. Now that this show is done. She had a moment on this week's episode that we're going to talk about that. Whew. Sorry, Caitlin, mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh yeah. She, she's always so great. Cause she has the superhero presence. And I don't think a lot of like young actresses, especially have that presence to her. Like every time she has one of those stupid, quippy, inspirational lines, I'm like, yes, I'm buying it. I love this. You're doing it so good. And she sells it every time. For Which me. is even more impressive seen as that it's a CW show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 but she can, she can be funny. She can be inspirational and cheesy. Uh, she can make you tear up a little. She can also be a dumb teen. Like she makes yes. poor decisions because of her age and experience mm-hmm. in a believable way. Instead of being like, oh, that's dumb. Yeah. Like she sells it, man. Your nominees are Kaylee Cuoco from Harley Quinn, Katie Lotz from Legends of Tomorrow, Amon Vellani from Ms. Marvel, Sarah Tomko from Resident Alien, Tatiana Maslani from She Hulk, and Breck Basinger from Stargirl. Lots of uh, female presence in these nominees, I would say. Maybe too much. What is this? The MCU? <laughs> and your winner is Tatiana Maslany from She Hulk. Yeah, I think even though we had, as a group, mixed feelings about the show, she is undeniable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree with Caitlin, both in uh, pale human skin colored form and green colored form. Um, if it wasn't for her acting, we might have that CGI might have looked way worse. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember color forms? Color forms, yeah, they're like stickers, but not. Yeah, genius. I want those for. They Christmas. should have a comeback. Well, come on down, Tatiana. Don't forget. Are you your a blazer. used car salesman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a free balloon with your award. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, every other show that came out last week. Now is, of course, the poll list where we talk about every other show that came out this week, starting with Titans. On this week's episode of Titans, the team returns to Star Labs, and Rachel reveals to Corey that she also saw her vision, as well as Dick back in Gotham. Once at the labs, they devise a plan to stop the Blood Moon ritual. Taste Buds, I ask you this. If you went to Gotham, how many dicks would you see? (laughs) I don't have any dicks, but I definitely know I'd keep an eye out for Grayson's ass. Ooh, so butts. Ooh, gotta Flawless go for the delivery. butts. Anytime you go in an alleyway, you just see a dick. Is that the best dick butt? That is the best dick butt. It's but Grayson. not the best dick butt kiss. 
No, that's uh, football player Dick Butkus. Well, with that, Titans is a Thursdays on HBO Max. Up next is Warrior Nun. On episode 206 of Warrior Nun, the nuns team up to take down Adriel during his live stream, but things don't go as planned. The nuns are outnumbered, and the Pope gets electrocuted to death, giving the world audience more reason to follow Adriel. Meanwhile, Mother Superior takes a fatal shot to the chest when trying to blow up the Ark. On the penultimate episode, after a long, a long monologue, Mother Superior dies and then is brought back to life by Ava in the Halo. Meanwhile, Hot Priest has turned on Adriel and is working with Ava to find another way to take out Adriel. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Does nuns with guns, isn't that the coolest thing like you've ever seen? Or like, is it just me? Is it a better title for this show? Nuns it should guns. be Nuns with Guns. Yeah. And like the intro should be like 70s exploitation style. <laughs> nuns with guns. <laughs> you won't believe. Your prayers were it. it you got it. You got answered. It. You just say answered. Why did answer. you say answered? Why'd you give I up know. one syllable away from the <laughs> catchphrase? It's been a long day. Caitlin, how did you feel about uh, Mother Superior's uh, origin story? That she, I don't know if we had known that she used to be a warrior nun herself. No. That's what I was like freaking out because at the very beginning, we get, yeah, her origin story. We find out how she gets her scar on her face and her limp and her limp and that she like had the halo. This episode was, well, these two episodes were crazy for her because, of course, like, we get that story. She dies and she comes back to life. But when she comes back to life, Mike, did she look, like, a billion times younger or was it just me? No, yeah, yeah. She she no longer had her scar. She no longer had a limp. She was younger. She was the past warrior nun we saw yeah. start in the intro who, until she got the scars, I didn't know this was the Mother Superior. I'm now convinced that she's been an old person makeup for a season and a half. yes. Because this didn't look like bad CGI de-aging. Yes. I think they've make-upped her up this whole time, and now she's just herself. That's all I was thinking. I was like, wow, they really fucking got me with this like this makeup. Her versus uh, the bishop, the evil bishop, mm-hmm. and then his like cadre of evil priests. Uh, and this was when she was limping and had a cane. Man. They are fucked now that she has two working legs and is not 60-something years old. That's all I was thinking. I was like, we've released her. We've released Mother Superior, and she's going to murder. Because she took out – she took all all of the, like – like security guards and the bad people in the last episode. I don't know if you watched it, but she took out like a whole whole hotel, like basically Mm -hmm. of people by herself. Wild. And when she's at the – she's protecting Jillian and the Ark – and the evil bishop, when he comes in, he's like, the best line ever said in any show we've ever covered, find the Ark, watch out for nuns. And then a second later, she comes down like fucking Batman and kills all of them. <laughs> she comes from behind a column and she's like, gotcha, and like slits all their throats at once. And her, we haven't talked, she has a weapon that I've been obsessed with since I was a little kid. It is a cane that turns mm-hmm. into a sword and a knife. Yep. The one cane turns into two weapons and it's the coolest thing in the world. Yep. And then when she puts it back in, the way she like stabs it in there, I'm like, fuck yeah, get it, Mother Superior. God, she's cool. Um, and she's <laughs> and she's still alive. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting that they did was with Michael, Miguel, or Michael now, um, how he is supposed to be the bomb and Ava is supposed to be the, the ignition, mm-hmm. whatever, in order to stop Adriel. And it's like, right when they announced that, I was like, this is not going to happen. Ava's not going to let this fly. Um, <laughs> not my Ava. Not my Ava. Um, but with all the stuff that's inside of Michael, the divinium, the divinium, and then we see that in Hot Priest at the end as well. We know that's how they're communing with with Hot, with uh, Adriel. Well, I, no, because Rhea put the divinium into Miguel. Rhea is God. Yes, and yes. evil God in the other dimension. How did and Hot Priest get it in him? Hot Priest, I think something happened to him. I don't think Adriel knows Hot Priest has a bunch of unobtained divinium in him. Mm, got it. Okay. Because, yeah. And it's like, yeah, he looked badass with his tattoos. <sighs> like, look at me. I'm a Hot Priest. I got tattoos. And also, I glow blue because I have God metal in me. Yeah. Because, yeah, he, he goes to Ava and Ava uses her halo plus the divinium. And then they somehow scare Adriel with an ethereal... Mm-hmm. thing i don't even know a ghost it looked like when but. at the end of uh 206 like so their plans that the warrior nuns plans have gone to shit adriel knew what they were going to do the whole time they've killed the pope 
uh, on live TV, or as you said, the live stream. And I wish everybody could see <laughs> the face Ryan made when you said live stream, because it was like, of course, a villain in 2022 has to live stream this I th- bullshit. I thought it was a live stream. It was live TV, though. You're right. No, but I think, I'm sure it was a live stream as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was a badass nun reveal, and it was like, and she was yes, killing people. It's like, Dora. who is this? And they just never talk about her. Talk, no. Like I knew she was with the her, batch of new nuns from last episode. Her name is Dora. And she explored how to murder. <laughs> I, I laughed because I was like, no, her name's not Dora. Yeah, her name is Dora. And then she's the one sitting at the table with Mother Superior when she comes back to life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's all we've seen. But we know. I knew who she was after her badass intro. Yeah. But it was so weird. I was like, do we know this character? No, she's just a new rando that everyone's like, you're on our side, I guess. Let's keep going. It's like, we'll keep her. I like her. And I can't wait for next week for her to actually like throw down again. But Hot Priest is on our side again. So we got we got those guns, those those good old tattoos are. I know on you're our happy side. about that. Very happy. Um and yeah, I, I'm just so stoked for whatever is gonna happen next on this next episode because it's gonna be it's gonna be brutal. Whatever it is, it's gonna be so yeah. fucking brutal. The show's dope and it does dope stuff. Oh, one other thing. Camilla and um one of the nuns. Her boy? Yes. Oh, not not the nuns. The dude? No, Camilla thirsting over one of the Samaritans. Yeah. Tad. Love that. Tad. Tad. I liked it until we found out his name was Tad. Yeah. I had There's to never like, been a good Tad. When she yelled, Tad, when he got all taken <laughs> away, I was like, oh, man, his name had to be Tad. At least it wasn't Chad, but it rhymes with it. Caitlin, do you have a moment of the week? I do. Um, it's when Michael was trying to... Um, convince Ava to like essentially use him as a human bomb and blow both mm-hmm. of them up and she says stop being manip- manipulated by cosmic beings like basically just saying like they have you have a say in this too they, mm-hmm. just because they tell you you have to do something you don't have to do it. and I was like fuck Ava hell yeah rock his world I have a question uh, okay because I'm trying to imagine the show from your guys retelling it it but it cuts back to the flashback of this person how they got a, the scar on their eye and got a limp. Does it cut back to them fighting somebody, just standing in front of them? Somebody scratches her eye and then kicks her in the leg, and then it cuts back? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, and that's the story. I could never tell. That's a lot of buildup for just that, I guess. I think she <laughs> Well, was- it's kind of like when Nick Fury's like, the last person I trusted that got my eye out, and then it's just a kitty scratching him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have two moments a week. Uh, the BAMP fight through the mansion. Lilith and Ava are both yes. just transporting and fighting. And once again, dope choreography. And it ends with Lilith impaling Ava on a statue sword. <gasps> it was brutal and uh, just like well planned out. Is it two and BAMPers? Then, Is it BAMP on BAMP? Yeah, BAMP on BAMP action. See, that seems so much more fair than the first episode of the season that I watched, where it was one BAMPer against normal people, and they got <laughs> yeah. rocked. She's only gotten better at BAMPing, Ryan, because she is, as the kids say, a BAMP. Uh, and then my other one is Pope to Hot Priest. He says, do you know how I know Adriel isn't God? Because he chose to speak to you. Yes. What a good burn right yes. before he get electrocuted to death on live TV. <laughs> Warrior Nun is on Netflix. Keep watching it with us two episodes at a time. Your final show of the week is Stargirl. On the penultimate episode of Stargirl, the truth is revealed. Sylvester blames Pat for his death and doesn't want kids in harm's way. Meanwhile, Rick comes clean about his addiction. Wait, no, no, wait. The actual truth is revealed. Dragon King is in the Ultra Humanite's body. The Ultra Humanite is in Starman's body. And Icicle has been working with them all along. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Are you vindicated that our predictions were right, but wrong, but right, but wrong? No, I don't even remember what they were. And this episode was such a blur in an awesome way that I, you couldn't even like slow down to wonder if I had or you had, or anybody had predicted anything right or wrong. Well, different ways we said, well, Sylvester Pemberton is definitely the bad guy. And then you were like, well, Dragon King is definitely the bad guy. And he's back from the, and then we kept being like, no, I was wrong. I guess I was wrong. And all then of them are the bad guys. We're all right, but wrong at the same time. I can't believe like how ridiculous you just sounded going over this plot. And at the beginning of this episode, there were multiple times where I was like, oh, oh this is going to steer into legends. Uh, camp and uh, you know we love legends of tomorrow but that's not this show and right. i can't believe how they kept steering it and grounding it and making it all make sense and it was just like thrilling and surprising but in a star girl way and never teetered over all of that shit that you just said happened and it never teetered over 
fully embracing the ridiculousness of comic books without laughing at it. That we got the origin of Ultra... Not the origin, but that we see Ultra Humanite win an Oscar. Yep. As a woman. <laughs> As a woman in the 20s. Which, again, I am so confused about how old everybody is and what year this is supposed to be in, but does not matter comic books. He wins an Oscar in the 20s and then kills somebody, and then his whole thing, now that he's Starman, he just wants the adulation that he used to get as the actress. He doesn't want to be a villain anymore, except that heroes stop him from being famous because he used to do bad shit. Right. But so he sees this uh, ad for an albino gorilla that's traveling (laughs) like a circus. He switches the albino gorilla, but then he can't be famous because he has to stay hidden. So he's like, well, I want to be Starman. And then Dragon King's like, I'll take that gorilla. Yeah. (laughs) So they just do a big brain trade. It's awesome. Um, You go, please. I probably said, oh, hell no, (laughs) out loud 15 times in the first 20 minutes of this episode. Uh, Mostly having to do with Sylvester Pemberton dressing down Pat Dugan. Oh, hell no. Uh, Yeah, it was it was brutal. Um, and even though I knew later on, Sylvester would be like, you know, I was just kidding about that stuff. I was just saying that, like he's done multiple times throughout the season. Uh, and then him doing it to Stargirl. Stargirl yeah. hears it all, says, I was so glad when I found out that you weren't my father, because Pat Dugan is my father and Oof. will always be a hero. And it was fine. I walked around the room a couple times, uh, dusted my eyes off, and then... Classic Sylvester Joel McHale piece of shit. I listened to your speech. Give me the staff. Like I'm not yeah, going to respond. No response. Si- single word that you said, uh, and then says, "Yeah, you're a shitty star girl. Like you suck at this. The cane always wanted me, or what's it called? The staff. The always staff. Wanted the cosmic me. staff. Cosmo. The cosmic staff. Comic books. Big moments. Big moments that were all changed because of how the rest of the episode ended but like the power of those uh scenes were not taken away no and i believed every moment when pat was like oh wait he was saying all that pr- to protect me because zeke is like you did that to mike last season which is weird that zeke called it last season <laughs> uh and he's like oh you're right he's going to protect me which is one uh you could buy it the show's going that way but also you could b- definitely see a best friend being like my friend didn't mean all that hurtful shit he <laughs> He actually has my best intentions. That's what you and I have to say to each other after every podcast we do. <laughs> you didn't um, know that. It was, for, it was for me. Worst moment of the episode. Um, Starman, before he goes to kill Icicle, has basically taken apart the Stripesy robot. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough time to fix it. And so Pat Dugan says, I have an idea. And he climbs up the ladder. And what he's doing is he's going to take the blowtorch out of the robot yeah. and take that to Icicle's house. But he was touching the hand, and I thought he was going to walk down the street with two giant robot hands. <laughs> Just the Hulk hands from Just Target? The, yeah, the silver Hulk hands <laughs> start blowing people away. Okay, now I'm mad that that wasn't what he did. But yeah, him going through the house, I like that. He was like, yeah, I need the blowtorch. Also, I need my Where's Waldo long sleeve shirt that I used to wear when I was striped C. <laughs> I, I got to get in my uniform a red and white striped <laughs> sailor from the 30s shirt. Uh, dude, your whole arc this season and the whole show has been, no, I'm a grown-up now. I don't need that shit. And then you threw it away for your turtleneck. I'm not sure, not to nitpick, but I'm not sure... Sylvester's been planning this, or whatever you want to call him, has been planning this all season. And we have some flashbacks of, like, from previous episodes of him at that diner and, like, all the stuff that he was doing was for a different reason than we thought. Very well done. But the one thing I didn't understand is why did he tell the remaining JSA to go find other heroes? I th- I think, and we we got this at the very end that I I do think the longer the ultra humanite is in a body, the more his brain starts to get confused. So I think there have been moments of real Sylvester, because there's two is Sylvester to Artemis saying there's a future for you that your parents wanted and it's not prison. I'm gonna kill Icicle, go to college, be a good person. But see that makes sense as ultra humanite. I don't want you Whoa. in town fighting my fighting against me. Right. And the whole and, uh, taking the, what do you call it, the governor off Rick's hourglass? Oh, that one for sure. They're like, why would Starman do that? And that's when you're like, oh, he is the bad guy. Man, that scene when it just showed how much pain Rick is in Yeah, when he takes it. Man, they're doing a pretty surprisingly well done addiction subplot in the background of this silly superhero show. And all these things are going on, dude. And it's like they're sitting around Rick and they're slowly figuring out. Starman might not be a cool guy. And uh, Pat is walking through the house in 
with the blowtorch, and it's building tension. And then somebody says, like, well, if his brain's there, where's the ultra-humanite's <laughs> brain? And then the camera just slowly pans the back of Joel McHale's head. Yes. Right there. There it is. Close up of the brain. I, I think the while why Starman said, "Hey, find all these other people." One uh, to distract them. He's still Starmanning it out, and also to get the fans excited for. Oh shit, we're gonna see more young JSAers, but we won't. Uh, how did you feel about the Young Justices subplot throughout this episode, Ryan? Fuck them, dude. Fuck them. Like just a couple of goony idiots. Wandering around, openly saying, I have a crush on this girl that we're following. <laughs> God, they are awful. Uh, I do say, my one of my favorite Mike lines ever is uh, when they, they he wishes to get into the lab. He's like, to get her what she wants. And he, he still has not learned how the Thunderbolt works. And even dumb Brooklyn Mike is like, no, man. Remember, we got to write this shit down and figure out what her intent is. Uh, so they go to one of the labs. Uh, and Mike says, don't touch anything. You might catch what she has. <laughs> Which is, Mike, not cool. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> offensive to people. Also, the thing that Jakeem is about to touch is just a jar of eyeballs. You know, just classic laboratory stuff. Well, I'm going to get covered in eyeballs? In this world, maybe, Jakeem. Yeah. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, I do also want to point out that no nerd can ever avoid, if the uh, opportunity presents itself... Using the word penultimate, and you have proven that tonight. Nah. It's just Im- it's impossible not to use w- if you have the chance. What are you supposed to say? Episode before the last episode? That sucks on the slow. If you were cool, that's what you would say, but you're not. You're a nerd. Sorry I'm <laughs> too cool to be cool. My moment of the week is Pat Dugan and Luke Wilson, both of them. There's no stand-in here, taking absolute fastballs of dirt to the face when yes. Starman is burying him. He's just laying there, and he keeps trying to talk, and... Like, Starman isn't covering his feet, his chest, just shovels of full dirt right to the face. That whole scene, one was so long and well done, and I there had to be times where Luke Wilson was supposed to say a real line that real Joe McHale <laughs> threw real dirt in real Luke Wilson's face, right? Uh, and then the long monologue, and then Pat trying to convince the ultra-humanite that he is Sylvester and it almost working, and then him monologuing out, and then not realizing that Pat's been buried for who yeah. knows how long <laughs> all of it works so well and then of course uh star girl to Starman, you're not my hero pat dugan is my hero oh. yeah. which is if we get new merch it needs to it's just pat for no reason at all superhero show show logo on the front pat dugan's my hero on the back yes so wait hold on is sylvester alive or is he just a taken over body he's a body with somebody else's brain in it. So, like, Sylvester's still dead then. He never came back yeah, to life? Exactly. Okay. Stargirl is on Wednesdays on the CW for one more week. Mm. That is all the shows. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, a fun little game. Now it is time for a segment we used to do pretty often. When there wasn't a billion shows to cover. When we were just like, how are we going to fill all the superhero show show? It's called Hot Stove Free Agents. Ryan, please explain to the listeners and to Caitlin and maybe to me what this means. Uh, hot Stove Mike is a baseball term during the offseason. Uh, somebody named it the Hot Stove where teams players get traded, players get signed, free agents get signed. Um, when their contracts Because you don't want to get burned? I don't. I honestly have no idea how it started, and I'm not going to look it up. Don't do that. Um, and a lot of contracts just ended in our world. We have a lot of free That's agents true. to deal with. And so what we are going to do is take three of these free agents and assign them to new shows. All from The Walking Dead. These actors are out of work. They're borderline homeless, and we need to help them. We need to give them new roles. I just want them to have health insurance because I bet they don't have it right now. That's probably true. And that's messed up. Let's get them health insurance. Who is the first actor we're tackling, Ryan? Uh, Josh McDermott, who plays Eugene. Eugene, uh, a.k.a. Mullick McMullity, a.k.a. Uh, Vincent Vega wannabe in the finale. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, but you guys did not talk about and That's fine. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, there's just a weird Pulp Fiction homage in the middle of this 
bullshit. I don't know what he was in a suit for. I don't know if there was a wedding or a funeral just before in the penultimate episode of The Walking Dead. No, that was the ultimate episode. <laughs> no, it, the episode before if there was a why, – why he was in a suit. Anyway, uh, um, <laughs> I cannot believe that this person made it to the last second of the series finale. That is crazy to me. He, he got one of the big quote-unquote tear-filled moments – was she his wife? Just good friend? I could never tell. He was in love with her? He Man. wanted to stand next to her. People who watch this show and listen to our show hate us. Yeah. <laughs> or they could write in and help us out. Just do that, you lazy sex of garbage. Uh, so where is Josh McDermott going to go? Caitlin? He's got, like, just from what I've seen of him, he's got like kind of an evil look to him, in my opinion. Mm. So I'm going to put him on the boys as one of the supers, the soups. Um, I think he could have a, like a really cool mullet. I've seen a picture of him with the mullet, and I feel like he could be like an American cowboy esque soup. Can he? Is, is his power his hair? His power is his hair. He goes like Super Saiyan. If he's one of the soups, can he be called the soups and he shoots soup at people? Yes. <laughs> Classic chicken out of the right hand. Broccoli cheddar out of the left. And then he pukes. What is another soup? Chicken tortilla. Chicken tortilla. (laughs) Oh, with the chicken, with the tortilla strips? That's going to (laughs) hurt. They like go like those fish. (laughs) Ryan, where are you putting them? Now, Mike, uh, for the free agents of the hot stove, it's usually, we know that you're actors and we respect that. So we're going to give you a whole new role i'm not doing that this time i am he is going to be eugene he's going to riverdale and he's going to be one of the friends and he's going to act exactly the same and no one's ever going to ask any questions about why archie and jughead and betty and veronica and eugene all hang out why is this 45 year old hanging out with 28 year olds (laughs) he's in high school obviously (laughs) they're not they graduated oh that's right that's right sorry yeah why is this low rent danny mcbride hanging out with us all the time (laughs) He grows a mustache. He wears aviators. Uh, I'm the Flash kind of burns through guys in the chair, and so I think for the we've had our Cisco, we've had our Chester P. Runk, and now it is Eugene's time to shine. That's intolerable. That's that. I'm, <laughs> I'm now going to watch the show even less, knowing that Eugene is the quarterback for this fucking team. Instead of a motormouth guy in the chair, you have got who talks like this very slowly. Flash, you got to look out. Oh, you're. I was going to say look out behind you. Instead of, a, too slow. instead of an office chair, is it a rocking chair? Yes. Getting hot out these days. Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan, who is our next actor? Uh, next one is Carrie Payton, who plays Ezekiel. Nice. Obvious one here is Tiger King, but that's not one of our shows. It's not one of our shows, and it's canceled. <laughs> In every meaning of the word. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're always ready for like a reboot or a... Maybe a documentary about the making of that documentary. That Remember nice. there's going to be three fictional versions of it coming out? Did those happen? One of them did. Yeah, one of them We're going to be the Nicolas Cage one? What? That, I mean, anything Nicolas Cage is attached to is not going to happen. Although he's about to play Dracula. What? Nicholas Holtz, Renfield. Nice. Yeah. I'll watch that. The uh, two Nicks. But I put him as a Superman and Lois villain. Oh, Called the Ultra Humanite. Let's keep what? this motherfucker going. And I think Carrie Payton. I this is we've always said that he was like the most watchable actor on Walking Dead. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, just bring a little bit of that charm to, um, whatever version of the Ultra Humanite, whatever form he takes. I don't. Is he always the albino gorilla? He often is the albino in gorilla. In I think he's had many forms. Well, let's put him in a form of Carrie Payton, and then yeah, have him go sense. from there. I'm Carrie Payton from The Walking Dead. Uh, Run! Mine for him is also Superman and Lois. Uh, I want him to be Darkseed. I think he has the the gravitas, but like the silly gravitas, like the very like, Doom commands it. Like, I know that's Doctor Doom, not Darkseed, but Darkseed has a similar vibe and I'm less familiar with him. That's a, I can never place a face with that guy. I always just think Apocalypse, who I'm sure Darkseed came out 30 years before Apocalypse, but right. it still feels like DC stole Apocalypse. Yeah. In fact, where does Darkseed live? What pl- what's the planet? Apocalypse. It's Apocalypse. Uh, I'm going to put Ezekiel on on Loki. 
And the reason why is, okay, so in Thor Dark World, we met Axel, which is Handel's son. I feel like in Loki, mm-hmm. we have like a sliding scale of where we're at and we can have a grown up Axel. And then this is him with his awesome white dreads, like an old, like older than Hamdel, um keeper of the Bifrost. That makes sense to me. I could see that working. It would be fucking cool. I do. I don't want to be this guy. You said Thor: Dark World. Ah, sorry. Which is the worst Thor. Nope. You meant Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. The second to worst Thor. <gasps> Wait. Yeah, I knew you guys. Didn't I mean, like there's it. only four. Ah, I like. I like that one. <laughs> there are moments. Is this the first time, even though it was an accident, uh, that Thor: The Dark World has been mentioned on the show? I think probably. <laughs> and finally, Ryan, who do we got? Uh, I want to talk about Christian Serrano, who plays uh, Rosita, uh-huh. who never gets enough talk. I think she's actually one of the better actors on the show. Um, and I wanted her to... I also went with the boys for her as like a match for Kamiko, like a, uh-huh. a 2.0. Like they, they redid the recipe, and now there's someone who doesn't have all of those like thoughts and desires and wants that Kamiko has. So kind of like a taskmaster style, sorta, of, yeah. And so, like this is, this is what happens when your only muscle, like Kamiko used to be, and you don't mm. have, you're not like thinking and having feelings. That's dope. Um, I could see that happening. I think Rosita would be, or the actress that plays Rosita would be really great on Warrior Nun, um, because oh, yeah. we got to see her thrown into a pit of zombies and how cool she flailed around and murdered. I think she, with some training that these warrior nuns go through, she could be so cool as one of these nuns and just destroy with a gun and just, like, murder. And I would love to see her there. Uh, I agree that she was one of the more talented actors on that show. And the slog of her character and the slog of being on here, I want her to have some fun. I want to send her over to Bat Wheels. (laughs) And I want her to drive... Catwoman's cat-shaped car. She is that car now. She's the voice of that car, and she's she's just you know purring her way, and she's flirting with Batty and Buff and all the other kid cars, and why? having a grand old time. Why do you have to sex the show up every time you talk about it? I don't have to. That's just how Catwoman is. Uh huh. That's, that's, that's just Bat Wheels. That's just Bat Wheels, bro. It's a sexy show. It's look. It's a sexy show for sexy people. <laughs> all right. Those are all the hot stove free agents. Call us and give us 10%, kids. We're going to take a quick break. Wait, is that the show? Is that everything we have? That's it. That's all, folks. That? Oh. Are we sure? Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to need you guys to get the fuck off the stage then. Oh, well, I thought we could just stay till the end. Nope. Tonight. Kick rocks. I got some friends to do some commercials. Wow. Okay, bye. All right, first up, we have, to talk about websites, a lawyer witch. Ah, it's me. I love to represent you. Uh, You call 1-800-WITCH, and it's me. It's which which one are you going to call? It's me, 1-800-WITCH. You're the witch? What kind of law do you practice? I practice criminal defense. Okay. Yes. So you're just assuming our listeners are criminals need that. that need defending, that but sense. they're not criminals because I say they're not. <laughs> is that they're- how the law works? And what is your <laughs> name? I, I don't want to just call you lawyer witch. <laughs> you you can call me Gilda. Okay, Gilda. Was it harder to learn magic or to learn law? It really. It was hard to learn to love. Oh, third secret <laughs> option. I didn't even know. Have you done that? Do you have a lover out there? I'm trying to find a lover. So call 1-800-WITCH and let me be your lover. And then we can also settle some crime together. That that sounds like conflict of interest. <laughs> uh, and I think what you meant to say is everybody should go to popfilter.co yes. to get everything we put out. That's uh, a great place to go to. Maybe popfilter.co slash Amazon. That's how you shop. It is the holiday shopping season. That'll help us out. I love shopping. Uh, and then if you want to shop a little more directly and support us, go to patreon.com slash your pop filter. Get all kinds of goodies. That's that's what you meant to say, right? When you said, hey, call me to get legal defense and or date me. 
Yeah, you know, I don't really like when you put words in my mouth, but yeah. Kind of a spell, isn't it? Oh, wow. I think uh, we have uh, something going on here. Nope. Get out of here, Gilda. Not into it. All right. To talk about all the other shows you should listen to, it is uh, Sloppy Joe, the inventor of the Sloppy Joe. Well, hello there. My name is Sloppy Joe. Now I am the inventor of the Sloppy Joe. Look, I... I don't want to be presumptuous. That is not how I expect you to sound, Sloppy. Is that really? Is my is my bow tie and my tuxedo crooked? I am so sorry. Let me fix that. Now, somebody as distinguished as yourself, uh, how do you go about eating one of your sandwiches without messing your tux? Well, I take a gold-plated fork and a silver-plated knife, and I cut each sandwich into thirty-two equal bites. Oh. And then I put it in the trash. I would never eat that stink pile of rot meat. Why did you invent it? Because idiots like you need food, too, in order to work in my factories all day and all night. And especially on Christmas, you'll work twice as hard because you received one sloppy joe for your paycheck. Wait, did you just conscript me into service at your factory? You better be there in five minutes or you're late and I'm taking it out of your sloppy joe. Well... I don't want to be this Look, guy. You just lost 5% of your Sloppy Joe. Shit. I don't really like Sloppy Joes. Oh, you just added 10 more percent. You'll eat it because you hate it. Okay. I guess I have to go to my second job real soon. What kind of factory are we factoring It's a Sloppy here? Joe eating factory. We eat Sloppy Joes all day. How do you make money there? Oh, you don't even want to know. You wouldn't even understand the world of money, you plebe. You disgusting, I... non-deodorant-wearing plebe. You don't even have tails on the end of your tuxedo. The only tail you have is on the furry costume you always wear when you work because you must wear that. That's the uniform at Sloppy Joe's Sloppy Joeery Factory and Emporium. Okay, thank you, Sloppy. Uh, I don't know if everybody could read between the lines. You were saying you should subscribe and review to this superhero show show. Yes, and I will also tell you the other podcast that we listen to while everyone is working at my factory. Oh, great. You pump it through the... What else do we... Okay, what does everybody listen to while we're eating Sloppy Joes as work? Eating Sloppy Joes as... But also as her payment. Eating eating Sloppy (laughs) Joes as as work at the Sloppy Joe Slop Joey Emporium. (laughs) We also listen to Movie of the Year, a delightful show with three chaps who will never have to eat Sloppy Joes because of how talented they are. That's something you can rate and review on um, Podcatchers. Would it blow your mind to let you know, me, who you've conscripted into wearing a furry costume and eating Sloppy Joes, uh, I'm one of those chaps. No, that's a lie. That's a lie! Okay. I think I might need to call a lawyer witch. Now your Sloppy Joe will come with cheese. When uh, your Sloppy Joe workers are done eating their Sloppy or or eating their Sloppy Joes at Sloppy Joes. It's not that complicated. I don't understand what, what the problem is. When they listen to Movie of the Year, what else do they listen to? They, uh, they could also listen to Unnatural 20s with two fucking Sloppy Joe Eaters and a Sloppy Joe Eater with cheese. Sloppy Jita. One of their <laughs> famous favorite baseball players is Sloppy Jita, the Sloppy <laughs> Joe Eater. He used to play for the Yankees, and he would eat none of my Sloppy Joes. That's the He three. was a contemporary of Shoeless Joe Jackson, yes? Yes, they were all on the same team playing... <laughs> baseball, what American baseball, not like the feet ball that we play in. Joe, yeah, where are you from? Joland, I'm from Joland. Oh, you're from Joland. Yes. Are you part of the Joland Jolands? Of course I am. I'm the bonus Joland. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, unnatural twenties. Unnatural twenties. I'd say nice to meet you, but I'm not a liar. Uh, <laughs> next up to talk about social media, it, it just says media. I don't know what that means. Uh, come on up, Mija. Is that your name? It's Mija. Oh, I'm sorry, Mija. Mija. Yeah, I, I consume the Mija. And what am I talking about? Social media. Oh, so excuse me, social media. Mija. I like the Mija. I am the Mija. I I work on the Mija, and you should go to the the Instagram. What do you do there? You should like pictures that are on your pop filter. Oh, okay. Especially the good media, which is always from your pop filter. 
Okay, I thought you were going to tell them to like rank and let us know which ones are not good and which ones are good, and that feels like it'd be hurtful. I, it, have you ever been on the media? That's not how it works. Oh, no, I guess I haven't really, which is, should I go do this thing you asked? You should go to the media and see how it works and press all the buttons that are on your pop filter on the media, which is Instagram uh, uh, and Twitter, and that's it. And Hive, maybe? Who knows? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> You're Mija. I thought you knew. I'm Mija. Don't forget Parlor. We're big on Parlor. No, no, no. Sloppy Joe might be big on Parlor. We are not ever going to be on Parlor. We're not monsters. All right. Thanks, Mija. Mija. Uh, that is everything. Thank God. We don't even need to meet the next guy who's going to come out because he's a real freak show. Thank you so much for listening to this so far. That has been the show this week. Next week on the Superhero Show Show, the Stargirl series finale. <clears throat> the Stargirl series finale. The return of Doom Patrol, plus the final shushy for show of the year. Enough said. Bye.